It is beats, rhymes, and life. Why am I starting with a laugh? Doesn't matter. This is a bit of a prologue. Um, look, if you want to skip past this and go to the show, I don't know, a couple of minutes, just hit that button a couple of times. But I uh, just got to give out some acknowledgements and shout outs and bits and pieces. Um, so far on this program now of course thank you to uh, the all of you that are listening so far we're not getting you know joe rogan numbers or not even uh beers beats and the biz kind of numbers um nothing like that at all not even close but uh, i appreciate people downloading these conversations and having a listen and you know sort of saying oh that was really good oh that that that, that was a great interview so um but thank you Appreciate that. Um, we're going to keep putting these out there and build a library and uh, you guys can listen to it, your heart's content. But I know I paid some good money for the uh, unlimited feed on this, so uh, maybe start sharing and liking it a little bit more and, uh, you know, start pushing it out there. I think the podcast is half decent. It's half decent. I'm not the best interviewer ever, but whatever. Also, um, just some radio acknowledgements as well because I thought I got time on this podcast to kind of talk about this, not really so much on the uh, community radio network program that we do all across Australia, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8 p.m. for those Perth people. Um, That goes out pretty much live every single Saturday. So... um, Massive shouts to, of course, the stations that have picked us up so far. The ones that I haven't heard of yet, including my own home state, has actually started picking this up, which I think is cool. Now, I thought for the most part it's a lot of um, New South Wales so far, like some, um, some Sydney stations, Tari, that kind of, those kind of places have picked us up and they are playing the show live from the community radio network. Well, they play it live i record it like a week and a half beforehand but whatever um but also uh, kcr which is a, a station in kalamunda in uh, the hills of perth and they're playing the show they've been around for years kcr they were even playing um r&b and hip-hop shows uh way back in the day with nick alexander and I think Brett Costello might have also been semi-involved or at least some part of those programs back in the day. I'm talking like late 90s here. So, um, yeah, they've kind of been supporters, at least in a way of uh, hip-hop in Perth for 20-plus years, maybe not so much lately, but they've been playing our show since it started and I only found out last night <laughs> at a time of this conversation that they're playing it so um that's 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 the fourth station that's now playing brl and the first to play it live from crn and of course our um our home station in perth uh, heritage is playing it on a tuesday night plus um now we're recording shows out of there and you're going to start hearing those interviews uh, actually, as of tonight, we're going to be uh, chatting to Saudi on the back end of our chat with El Fresh the Lion, which is coming up real soon. So uh, just basically uh, like, share, and of course, um, you know, put this around to all your friend group and whatever, because uh, I think this is a it's a good little podcast. It's nice little bite-sized interviews. So, you know, it's uh, something you can knock out pretty quickly. I'm I'm not doing the uh, the Joe Rogan four hour conversation with Post Malone kind of thing. Although that was a pretty fun interview, 
to be completely honest with you. I actually think that Post Malone's kind of a cool dude now, but um, yeah, I won't be doing a four-hour conversation with anyone. I just don't have that kind of time or $100 million from Spotify. But anyway, um, thanks very much to all the stations taking the radio show and, of course, to you guys who are downloading it right now, including our friend in Poland who uh, is downloading the show. Whoever you are, thank you. And I don't know how to say thank you in Polish, but I'll, I'll work it out for the next time. And, of course, um, to Victoria, which seems to our, uh, be our most popular state for this so far. WA needs to pick up their game on that one. But anyway, uh, thanks very much, folks, and here's the show. Peace world, this is Brother Ali. You're in the mix right now with BRL. What up, it's 360. Yeah, yeah, this is Nick Loopy from One Day Spit Syndicate. What's up, this is Slug from Atmosphere. When I'm not teaching your girlfriend how to play chess, I'm listening to Beats, Rhymes, and Life. When I'm called Tech Nine, I'm chickening with my homeboy, Gavin Crashley on BRL. Yeah, buddy. Thanks to our show sponsor, Tune One. The Beats Station www.tune1.com.au It is Beats Rhymes Alive The Podcast And tonight Our biggest episode so far Two interviews One with uh, one of the biggest names In the genre right now And uh, it is the full conversation Things get deep And interesting With our chat With L Fresh The Line I cut out the best bits for the radio show so you guys can actually hear it on this podcast so uh, that's coming up tonight and then after that you'll be hearing a conversation that i had with perth mc and producer saudi as well uh talking a bit more new school hip-hop which i think is kind of cool and a a bit of a new wrinkle because uh it's just yeah not something that i really cover that much so uh two conversations for the price of one which is well zero this podcast doesn't cost anything but anyway uh without any further ado because i've already talked for four minutes at the front end it is time for my chat with l fresh align here on brl the podcast It is uh, Beats, Rhymes and Life. And now joining us on the Zoom uh, with my, uh, if, if you can see the visual, which you won't because it's a radio show, but there's a, there's a bit of a, a, a holy glow behind me at the moment just because of the way the light's coming in the room. So I apologize to Elfresh the Lion for um, my, um, uh, my, my glow today. But uh, now joining us on the program, and we're going to be talking about uh, one of my favorite records of 2020 so far, which is the Southwest album, El Fresh Align. Welcome back to BRL. Thank you, my man. Are you shining today? You're uh, shining. I'm shining. See? Ah! <laughs> 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 now, um, uh, it is the seminal question in every interview I ever do. And oh, I don't think I actually asked this the first time you were on the show, like fifth. Oh, it was 15. No, it's not that long. Uh, it's uh, five years since you've been on the show. Um, our uh, mutual friend, Greg, actually hooked us up the first time. You, you know, Greg. Yep. Uh, yep. Now, um, it is the seminal question in every interview that we do. So, uh, L Fresh Line, how do you take your coffee? Man, so I'm not a huge coffee drinker. I've only um, just got into it a bit more recently. And to be honest, man, I'm not a. I'm, uh, I'm actually not indifferent to like mm. the, the instant coffee 
Yeah, you I'll know what that. I mean? So like for, for legit coffee drinkers out there, I'm like yeah. mad disrespectful. But you know what, man? It, it it does the job for me. Like really, to be honest, like I can't take a, I'm not a full like full strength coffee drinker anyway. It's just, you know, it gets me wired a particular way. So like I'm just going in there for the flavor. So um, the instant coffee, just a bit of it in there, uh, you know, does the job for me. Now, um, it's uh, not a well-known fact to yourself, but to the audience, because I talk about it all the bloody time. I um, I, I work FIFO, so uh, that's kind of the uh, now fifty uh, percent time of my coffee is just literally some uh, <laughs> some ground up little thing, just shove it in a cup, put some hot water in it, and get to the uh, meeting nice and early in the yeah, morning. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> So I'm um, actually, uh, you know, in all honesty, I used to be like, ugh yuck can't deal and now it's a case of no no it's it's fine it's it's fine in a pinch you can just shove some in a in a throwaway cup couple of uh sugar packets in there to sort of take out the sting and uh it, it's fine yeah <laughs> now uh, let's talk about southwest uh, it dropped a couple of weeks ago now um mm. and i had a second full listen to this record uh just today you know, jumped in the car had to go do some errands and um you know, used your new album as the soundtrack and um i think it's your best to date i really 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 like this record it's um it's kind of in my personal opinion like the 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 perfect sort of mix for 2020 it's it's right in the moment but i think it's going to hold up really well as well um yeah you, you are touching on the issues of 2020 maybe not the rona because you know everyone you probably recorded most of this before the rona second of all everyone's sick of the rona on songs by now everyone's doing a rona song we're done with it let's move on uh, <laughs> by the way there's only been two good uh coronavirus uh songs that i've heard so far so we're we're done with those but um i, I think the reason why it's gonna hold up and i'll want to know if this is uh one your mentality i think this is going to be the case but uh secondly there's positivity all through this record um it, it's not a dark album by any stretch you are covering a bunch of topics which could be t- covered in a really dark way, but uh, you've kept it very light, but not at the same time hitting on those issues. Was that uh, job one for Southwest? Man, thank you so much, bro. Like, I appreciate your time diving into it and just your 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 thoughts on it. You know, like, it was, you know, I, the, the goal wasn't necessarily like, okay, I'm going to touch on these issues and have you know, a positive spin on them as such. It was more so like the central goal was how do I create something that is 100% authentic to me? Mm. And so, you know, like I feel I feel like on the albums before Southwest, uh, you know, I was, I was trying to find my sound and I feel like on Southwest I have stumbled upon what it is in terms of by that I mean, I wanted to, to, to try and represent myself in the most authentic way sonically and musically. And I didn't, I, I don't know, like looking back, I don't feel like, feel like I've been able to find that, that happy balance or I haven't been able to really articulate my voice as such until now I feel. Mm. And so, you know, to, to go back to your question, like the only thing 
I can do in terms of if I'm trying to be authentic, the only thing I can do is be myself. And, you know, uh, I'm, I'm very much uh, an optimistic, positive kind of person. So I think, you know, that kind of, you know, inevitably comes across regardless of the subject matter. And, and, and you're right in saying that there are some heavy hitting issues spoken about on, on the record. Mm. Uh, and, you know, uh, like, like a, like a song like mother tongue as well, which um, f- for me, it, it, I, I actually found it weird that uh, for someone who has only ever spoken one language in his life, probably will only ever speak one language in his life. Um, you going back to your roots with that track and um, saying, basically, I don't want to lose this. This is this is part of me, part of my culture. I um, I really felt that. Have you had that reaction uh, within uh, your own community as well? Yeah, most definitely. That's that's a song that I think is 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 hit really hard for people um, across the board. You know, and I. It's quite poignant that that was the song that we dropped before the release of the album, like the most recent one before the release of the album as a whole, because it, in hindsight, like it's it's probably the soul of the album in many ways, you mm. know, like it really is is honest. It's 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 raw. I mean, I share my story of, of being fluent in language and then losing it, um, Punjabi language, and then losing it as a as a youngster, and then you know now trying to relearn it almost. And not almost, but definitely speaking with a sense of shame and regret that I let it go. Mm. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely a song that is, it, you know, it's me giving advice to my younger self, like, hey, man, hold on to this, don't lose it. And that, yeah. that is essentially, you know, one of the layers of the album is, is its messages to my younger self. So within my own community, there's been conversations, you know, already sparked about like, you know, this is a conversation that actually we should be having because it's an unspoken one. Like we, mm. we we're conscious of the fact that many of the younger generation and, and myself included in that, and then those um, of the, the the generations after me, you know, that language is definitely something that we're we're either compromising on or we're losing. And it hits like it really hit home for me a number of years ago. I was in Punjab with my dad, and we were just hanging out like in um in a kind of um in an area which is which is kind of i mean finding the the the, i'm struggling to find the words to explain it because it's very different Punjab is very different to 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 here and so we were in a in a major city which is called ananpur side but even in that city the place we were we were standing and hanging out it's a combination between like it's in a city but it's kind of like a almost like a farm-ish kind of thing so it's really hard to explain but Punjab is is to contextualize it is, is the ag- agricultural hub of, of the Indian region. So, you know, right. it makes sense in that regard. So, but we were standing there and my dad was like um, pointing to this drain, like the, the drain on a, on a building that, you know, when it rains, it catches the water and then it filters down into, onto the ground. And he was like, the Punjabi word for that is this. And I, I can't even remember the word, but he was like, and I've never heard that word in my life. And he goes, that's a word that no one uses anymore. It's going to be a word that we lose. And then he started rattling off a few other words of things in our vicinity mm. that I, again, I'd never heard before. And he was like, when I was a kid, you know, in Punjab, this is, you know, these are the things that we would refer to, but these are words. Yeah. Like 
the generation now, even in Punjab, don't use these words where essentially we're going to lose these words. So, you know, like it, it's, and then you bring that back to here in Australia where mm. obviously we don't live in that setting. So we don't need to use words like that. Even though there's equivalents here, we often replace, you know, even when we're talking full Punjabi, we might use English words here and there to explain things. So, oh. you know, like, and then for, for, kids coming up now it's it's similar to the experiences i talk about in mother tongue where you know you kind of have this internalized shame about your language and your culture because you feel it's not valued it's not appreciated here there's very much an assimilation mindset which is different to an integration mindset i think you know it's important for anybody coming here obviously in order to get by and to make the most of your living experience here you need to learn english but assimilation mindset is 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 one of dominance which is it kind of, you know, tells you you need to abandon or compromise on your own culture in order to fit in. And so, like, we've internalized that over generations. So young kids now are like, they don't even have the language at all. They don't have any kind of or very little connections to their culture. And if they do, they're very surface level or, or superficial. It doesn't run deep. And so there's a hole within each of us. And that's then filters out to be a hole within the entire community. So, you know, this conversation is just popping off now within the community at the forefront about, you know, language and culture and, and whatnot. And that, that's probably why that hits home uh, mm. for me. Cause like uh, for you put it in a way where uh, dopey uh, third fleet convict guy over here uh, goes, Oh yeah, no, I get that. And I, I can sort of, I understand as much as I can understand um, what that's about. You know, once again, um, the dopiest like white guy you've ever met right here. <laughs> right. But see, even like, even, even like, you know, so as I was making the album, right. Mm. Like, um, and I was working on mother tongue, like, and in between sessions, I went to back when we could pre Corona, like go out, like, Yes. I was at a at a AFL game. It was Swans versus GWS, and and it was Go a, bunch of <laughs> a bunch of the elephant tracks crew. Actually, I think GWS won that game. I think you. Uh, <laughs> so, well, no, we'll, we'll talk about that in a sec. Oh, I, I was yeah, yeah, asking right. about GWS, but still, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, check. Uh, no one will be able to see this, but you can see this. It's my GWS water bottle. But um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but we were at we were at the SCG. It was a bunch of the elephant tracks crew. Um. Mm. And I was sitting next to to Richie, who plays a guitar in the herd. Mm. And, you know, uh, I was talking, you know, he was asking about the album and, mm. and how it was all going and, and it was coming together and whatnot. And I was talking to him about it. And then, you know, we were talking about Mother Tongue and I was telling him about the song and the story and whatnot. And here I was like ignorantly assuming that he wouldn't be able to to relate to it because on the surface, I'm like, he's a white guy. Like he, mm. he's not going to be able to get get it on the level that I'm trying to, that I try to talk to on the album. But then he, he shared with me, you know, in conversation in just a beautiful way that Richie does, you know, he's such a, a nice guy and such a humble guy. Um, but he, he really broke down how like when he was young, his parents made a conscious decision to move to Italy for three years so that he could be fluent in Italian language. Oh, and he was, and he spoke about like, He's so grateful for that because now as an adult, he can still converse with his grandparents in Italian. And oh, that's good. And engage with the culture. So like, I think, you know, there's, there's another layer to this song. And I think again, why it resonates with people is like, 
unless you're first, like in, 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 in even being first nations, obviously there's, there's, there's hundreds of languages in this, in this, yes. on this continent that have, that are, that are still present, but also that have gone, that have, mm. that have been lost. So there's, there's a, there's a conversation there around language and the effects of colonization on language here. But unless, I think unless you're from Britain specifically, if you're from anywhere else, like you have a, you have a cult, another culture that, you know, that has existed within your ancestry. And even if you're from Britain, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a culture there as well. Well, it's like, Rome. I suppose, right, right. So like we have, we have connections to like cultures as, as, as Australia, because we have, we, but it's a conversation we don't talk about is that, you know, so many people, waves and waves of people when they've come here have lost culture, connections to culture and place, language, lifestyle, traditions and things of that nature in the process of, of being here. And, and that's, that's part of the, and, and I'm, I don't make a comment on whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. I just reflect on my personal experience of what that's meant for me. And, mm. you know, I think that that resonates with people because yeah, I think it's a shared Australian experience in some way, shape or form. Oh, absolutely. Um, and in a way like, and these are actually, these are thoughts that I have had, you know, listening to um, a lot of history podcasts and such, it's sort of helped me connect in a, in a way. Cause you know, like, mm. and I'll, I'll share this with, with whatever, but um, we, my family bloodline, I think on both sides, it's yeah, you know, purely UK, um, uh, sent out here in the you know seventeen to eighteen hundreds so on whatever fleet that it was I think it was the flirt the third so um, everyone that's here apart if you if, apart from uh, our indigenous first nations uh, listeners out there um, we're all immigrants every last one of us so and yeah. actually well I mean okay sixty thousand years in a boat might make you still immigrant at some stage but uh, I think that's pretty much it. We're all immigrants. We're all here. Uh, we've all come to this continent for, uh, you know, for a better life. And, and it's, it's a melting pot in this country. Mm. And um, I think, well, I think a few people and uh, definitely some, uh, you know, right wing medias and stuff like that want to keep it like it's 1975 and we're on our Holdens and whatever like that. Um, those days are gone. They're done. And uh, we mm. live in a, a very multicultural society now. Mm. Get used to it. And I kind of like the fact that uh, we have a bit of everything here. I think that's good. Mm. Absolutely. Now, um, let's talk about the important issues. Uh, let's talk about your football club. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, one thing I mentioned, because uh, I mentioned you in the, uh, the, the sort of 10-year uh, look back anniversary, because I think you're pretty important to, um, one, the diversification in Australian hip-hop in the last 10 years, and two, um, I think what what I from what I can see from uh, social media posts and everything as well, uh, in your own community, not just um, in the Sikh community, but I mean in the Southwest, which is what the album is also about. Uh, you've been doing a lot of bits and pieces, but one thing I have noticed is like, uh, yeah, GWS have uh, uh, grabbed you and uh, pulled you on board as well. So uh, apart from, I guess maybe coronavirus sort of interrupting that what was that all about 
what were you doing? Were you performing? Uh, were you a representative? Were you a number one ticket holder? No, I definitely wasn't number one ticket holder. Um, but, but yeah, lo, like when I was a kid, I was a fan of the AFL um, and my favorite player was Michael O'Loughlin. I remember in oh, high Mickey school. Oh, Mickey Yeah, man. Like he's, he Love was Mickey a G like, to watch. And, you know, like I, I really was, for a small moment, a small window, I was really passionate about the AFL, but there was no programs for me to actually learn how to play and stuff like that. So, oh. you know, AFL lost out to cricket, basketball, skateboarding, um, street hockey when the Mighty Ducks were a thing. Um, <laughs> you know, like it didn't lost, like it lost a small six-month window there. Yeah, uh, it, lost out to, it lost out to everything, right? So, um, but when GWS came about, you know, here we go. There's a team in Western Sydney um, and, you know, there's an opportunity there to, to really engage with the game in a, in, in a new way. Um, the AFL had brought me on board, AFL New South Wales, and brought me on board as an ambassador. I think they were looking to try to, you know, um, really make inroads in Western Sydney and saw me as an, you know, as an opportunity to work collaboratively in a way to really engage with communities in Western Sydney. Um, and, you know, we had a really good kind of working relationship in that regard. You know, I got to go to games and, and um, you know, work with the AFL on, on a variety of different areas from a cons- consultation standpoint. Um, and also, you know, then got the opportunity to perform um, at different things once GWS, you know, had me on their radar. So it wasn't necessarily, I wasn't necessarily involved with GWS in any kind of formal way. Mm. It was more so just AFL broadly in New South Wales, broadly speaking. And then, you know, once GWS had me on their radar, there were just different opportunities to kind of work together and perform it at a few of the games and, Mm. um, and whatnot, which was really cool, man. It was a lot of fun and getting to present the trophy uh, at the time. It was the white ribbon day trophy, a white ribbon game trophy, um, unfortunately, both times I had to hand it over to, to the Swans captain. But, you know, it was still a great experience, you know, to be able to do that. I say that, like, when I say unfortunately, I say that because, like, I'm definitely buying into the inner city, the the Sydney-City rivalry. But at the same yes. time, like, at the end of the day, if a Sydney team wins for me, like, it's it's it's, it's the bomb. So, you know, like, <laughs> Um, well, don't, yeah, don't yeah, worry. Yeah. I, um, I, was, I was actually thinking about this on the drive, like sort of about this question. I was like, well, uh, yeah, do. don't worry. I'm not a Richmond fan by any stretch, but you know, <laughs> I, I, can, I can honestly say I can feel your pain of going into a grand Bro, final you know with what? that hope and then just getting crushed because that's what happened you know in what, 2014 man. with Hawthorne. Right. And that was so, it wasn't, it wasn't even like depressing. Like, to be honest, like I got tickets to, so I was there. I was at the MCG. Oh, wow. Because I was like, oh. there's no way, there's no way I'm not going to be at GWS's first grand final, especially if they win. Right. Yes. Like I have to be there. Um, and by the end of the first quarter, I was like, with my mate and we just looked at each other and we were like, man, we're right in this, you know, like this is going to be hectic. Mm. And then it was just a blowout after that. And, you know, like, you walk away from it feeling deflated, but at the same time, I'm like, Hey man, first time in a grand final, like that was a pretty epic effort. And it was, it was an awesome season. Um, and so it was kind of just like, it happens, man. Someone had to lose. Um, it just happened to be us, but you know, it is what it is. There'll be more opportunities in the future. 
Absolutely. Yeah. You know, um, uh, well, you know, from, from, uh, from the perspective of everyone else in the competition, I'm just like, well, you know, GWS got all these <laughs> chances. I was like, look, they recruited really well because, you know, Gold Coast got all the same opportunities and right. uh, yeah, the Gold Coast did what the Gold Coast have done, which is yeah. nothing in the last yeah. decade. <laughs> Maybe this year they'll be, they'll be the crack for them. Maybe it's like, they, they might home, make they finals. They field advantage. They got yes. a home field advantage. So. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Um, so uh, Southwest is out now. It is uh, fantastic. I really, really recommend this uh, record. It's one of my favorites of Thank 2020 you. so far. Um, and uh, basically, go and cop it. Now, um, in lieu of any touring, um, also I'll include in this point, this is going to air on Saturday. So the um, Facebook launch is already going to be been and gone will that be sort of saved and up there for people to watch um I'm, i believe it'll be on to because we're we're doing this in, in partnership with liverpool city council so mm. I, I believe it'll be on their facebook page once the event's done it's going to be up to them whether they keep it up or not all right um cool. i'll i'll most likely restream it at some point yeah um for people to be able to watch it again um but then after that once we got the content from it we'll We'll see. Like, I, I really like the idea of, you know, even though the gig, you know, circuit's down, I really like the idea of putting together something that still feels like a gig. So, like, if you weren't there to watch it, unfortunately, you missed out. Like, I, I you know, I, I, I like, do that idea. like that idea. That's pretty um, cool. I like that idea, too. So, we'll, we'll see, you know, like, we'll have the content. So, you know, it would just depend on, on what we want to do with it. We'll see. Indeed. So, um, at Southwest out now, folks. Uh, go and grab it on all your streaming services. Um, is there hard copies out there for people as well? If anyone wants to, yeah, throw yeah, it in the it's, it's on vinyl. It's on vinyl. So we didn't do CDs at this point. Um, yep. It was it was one or the other. And you know, I never had a record on vinyl before, so I thought oh. this was just a great opportunity to be able to do it. Um, fans have been asking for a, a vinyl record from me for a while, so. Um, yeah, it just felt like this was the right time for it and the right record for it. So, yeah, people can can get it on vinyl. There's, it's limited to 300 copies. So, um, yeah, go and get it. Indeed. Uh, Fresh has been an honor to chat to you. Um, up the Swannies, even though you guys are playing way better than us this year. It's, it's a rebuilding year. <laughs> it's been a rebuilding year for about two or three, but still. Um, L, uh, thank you for joining us on BRL. My pleasure, my bro. Thank you, man. And that was El Fresh the Lion here on BRL the podcast. Of course, uh, thank you to uh, Elephant Tracks for letting us have a chat to El Fresh, and of course El Fresh for uh, letting us use this conversation on the podcast. His album Southwest is out now, and it is bloody fantastic. One of the best of the year so far. It is Gavity here, and uh, we need to acknowledge before we get Saudi on the phone. Uh, a Perth producer and MC has just put out a fantastic, very upbeat record called Shine. We'll talk about that in a sec. But uh, let's talk about our sponsor, tune1.com.au. It is a digital beat station. It plays in HD. 
That's right. We've got it mixed to HD. So you can throw this on whatever speaker you like and it's going to sound crisp and dope. Now, um, we've crafted a nice little rotation there. 24 hours of digital beats of many different kinds. We even played reggae on a Sunday along with uh, an R&B show, some uh, what they call urban music shows as well. So it's like the more modern trap kind of stuff. Um, and a whole series of uh, different EDM programs plus uh, just shows like BRL. We play on Tune 1 at 8pm and 11pm on a Tuesday night. So get around tune1.com.au. It is a sponsor of BRL, the podcast. Now, uh, let's get to this interview, which uh, was conducted in our new sister station, HFM 107.3 in Perth, Western Australia. Put that on your uh, dial if you want to hear some like cool kind of cool rock music mix for the most part until you get BRL on their Tuesday nights but uh, you they've they've jumped on board they take the show they play it terrestrially throughout uh, their broadcast area and uh, they let me drag in as many guests as I possibly can I've done that in fact like the next two or three weeks is just purely stuff I've recorded out of their second studio there so uh, massive shoot TGFM, and this is uh, the first of a bunch of conversations we're going to be having in that studio. And uh, it's a quick sort of eight-minute conversation to finish up the program with Saudi, and his record is really bloody good. It's nice and upbeat. It's great for if you just want to get out there wherever you are. Um, if you're in the places that are in lockdown at the moment, including, of course, uh, shouts to our friends in Melbourne, which have gone to like stage four time of recording, which is insane, an 8 p.m. curfew. So, look, if you just want to get out of the house, throw that mask on and uh, throw us on maybe the Saudi album and uh, throw on El Fresh, like I did earlier in the week. I played both in a day. Anyway, um, this is pretty much me wrapping up the show and uh, the, for the rest of the program you'll have my conversation with Saudi. Of course, um, shouts to Groundwork PR as well who have uh, jumped on board and uh, been helping out one BRL, two our sponsors at Tune 1 and 3 uh, letting us play all these on the podcast as well. So uh, shouts to them and of course shouts to you guys. Like us on Facebook and Instagram, B R L S O N. That is on Instagram and Facebook. And look, I'll get a website up once we start making some money out of this. But until then, folks, uh, here's Saudi on BRL, the podcast. And we're Diggy Dunson. See you later. Here's Saudi. And now joining us on the phone is a a gentleman who's just released a, a fantastic record. One that is uh, purely, I think, for uh, one parties and two cruising down West Coast Highway in your car. We got Saudi on the line. How you doing, mate? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me. Now, um, I really, really enjoyed this record. I it actually literally told you how I listened to it. I was taking a cruise down the coast. Yeah, mm-hmm. went up to the uh, northern suburbs of Perth. And uh, drove all the way back down, like through Frio, and you were the soundtrack. <laughs> and I just went, "This well, was, perfect." Yeah, that was the original idea for the project. Um, I was going to drop it during summertime. Oh right, 
last year. So I was thinking like December or January, but I just, it just wasn't wasn't just quite ready. Yeah. So then I was going to drop it at the end of this year during summer, but I thought, you know, it, it was too too long of a way. And with Corona and everything, everyone's at home. Everyone wants something to do. So no better time than to release something that makes you feel good like that during this time. And I'm guessing that's the idea behind Shine is like this is a beat. Yeah, definitely. I, de- I definitely wanted to make something, you know, positive with all the negativity going on. Um, and yeah, something that can make the audience feel good and just enjoy life for an hour or so, however long they listen to it for. Yeah, and um, and that's the thing as well. Like um, uh, production-wise, uh, is something that I enjoyed. Now, um, who is handling the uh, production on this record? Uh, yeah, so I do all the production as well myself. I was kind of thinking that, but you know, every time I sort of like say that, it's like, oh no, but I had this guy and this guy and this guy help. Like, this is all you. You programmed yeah, every yeah. last drum and snare. Yeah, except for track ten featuring Lucci, I got. He originally sent me these drum stems, and mm. I, didn't, I didn't end up using them in the end, but I remade the drums, and it was kind of influenced by the way he sent me the drums. So that's really the only um, outside contribution to the production on the album, yeah. And also your your style of uh, like an upbeat party uh, vibe, little trappy on the drums, like it's not normally personally my kind of listen, but yeah. um, it's it's something that I think is, uh, well, it has that sort of cross appeal because you got like a, a boom bap guy to sit there and go, damn, this thing slaps. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. it does. It's um, it, it does slap and um, you know, it, it sounds like you're having the time of your life in the booth as well. Um, yeah, that's sure. purely what the, the this project is. It's like it it's a party. Yeah. Pretty and that's kind of spot on with how you mentioned like the trap meets boom bap sort of thing. Mm. So that's essentially what I wanted to do. I wanted it to appeal to like people who respect, you know, the foundations of hip hop and mm. how it's everything to do with that and then the younger generation who are into, you know, uh, party anthems, like different flows and cadences, hard-hitting 808s and all that stuff. Mm. So I just wanted to kind of um, blend those two into like some, I don't know, some new sort of, not exactly new, but something that's not typically done. <laughs> yeah, that's all good. Uh, now, uh, you were just mentioning that, that sort of a new school vibe. Now, um, it's it's uh, something that, you know, once again, I, I love how you guessed that I'm, uh, I'm, I'm an older head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, boom, bap. Yeah. I think that also just comes out of guys who are in their 30s, like, yeah, well, I grew up on Wu-Tang yeah, and Mob nah, Deep. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel like I was kind of, I, even though I'm a bit young, bit of a younger generation to when Wu-Tang came out that's the music I did grow up on mm. so a lot of pretty much all 90s hip hop all I used to listen to through primary school so it's definitely a big part of me that style of music so I like to still um, incorporate it into you know newer sounds 
Now, in uh, for this thirty-six-year-old uh, presenter, yeah, you know, looking down the mage of being a middle-aged rap fan because that's where <laughs> a lot of people like myself are, and it's like, ah, yeah. oh, the greys are coming in now, and uh, you know, I remember listening to uh, a, a really crappily, overly dubbed uh, cassette tape of uh, Wu Tang's Forever. Is like that was the first time I ever heard it on like you know, like a pirated cassette yeah, yeah, tape yeah. back in the day. It's like ninety-seven. Um, I'm guessing 97 might be a little bit before your time. <laughs> That's the year I was born. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. It's beautiful. Uh, and that's the best part about, you know, talking to people uh, like yourself in that new school is like the, you have the stuff that I grew up on, like, you know, the, 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 the classic rap now, as it's pretty much called. Who is like a, a newer generation inspiration to you like so we're going uh beyond let's say like 2005 or something like that yeah. where it kind of changes yeah who who are the more new school artists that you uh, you know sort of take credit well, well take vibes from pretty much yeah definitely my biggest inspiration in terms of like an artist within the last decade is kendrick he's probably yes just everything from his wordplay to his flows his cadences his production it's all big in influence on my style um and then in terms of like you like the different voices and like the way i warp my voice and stuff a lot of like trap artists do influence that um mm-hmm. like someone like young stars the way he uses his voice that's like kind of how i aspire but with a more uh understandable and you know um more lyrical, I guess, if you could say. Um, you do pronounce your words a bit more uh, yeah, clearer like, than uh, those kind of folks, like yeah. humadeha. <laughs> exactly. So, like, but I do take a lot of influence from their just their overall swagger and style that they approach track with. Um, and then guys like Freddie Gibbs, um, like Oh Joey Badass, Del Swisher, all those guys are huge influences on me as well. Absolutely, and you just named like a couple of my favourite modern artists all in a row there pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, no, uh, Freddie, yep, Kendrick, yeah. yep, Joey. Freddie yep. is, he's probably like in just overall top five, like one of my favourite rappers of all time. Yeah, Freddie does just a flat out amazing work. Like his last two albums alone are just like yeah. with Kendrick to like the most yeah. talented dudes going around right now. He can do anything as well, like any, any beat he can just, Hop over and kill it. Absolutely. Now, um, this record is, it's available through all streaming services. It's available everywhere now, is it? Yes, it's on all streaming services like Spotify, Apple, mm-hmm. SoundCloud, YouTube, yeah. Absolutely. So uh, we're going to take a, another track from this record now. We're going to play Whip because I just, you know, I heard it in my whip. I can't <laughs> call I can't call my little uh, Hyundai Gets a whip, but, you know, that's what I'm going to call it. <laughs> it's still a whip. It, it's got four wheels and it drives, then it drives yeah, exactly. fine. So it, no, I'm not a car guy by any stretch, but uh, it did get played pretty goddamn loud in that little red car yesterday. But, uh, Saudi, thank you for joining us on the program. Yes, thank you for having me.